preaching on uh, the spirit-empowered life from our value as a family of spirit empowerment. And that's because we've received a lot of words this month about the fire of God. And I'm going to unpack fire of God. What do you mean by that? What's that about? What does that look like for a family on mission? Um, and kind of bring that down into every day. But, um, you know, I had a dream even as recent as last night that uh, I told a friend who's actually here today unexpectedly from Florida. Um, I told him, you know, only the Holy Spirit can follow Jesus in this dream. <laughs> and I just woke up to just further confirmation about what we're talking about today. That, in other words, right, we can only follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own strength. We can't do this uh, on our own, uh, apart from one another and the Spirit of God at work in each other. Amen? And so um, we follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about spirit empowerment today. So if you could put the first slide up, Tim, this is our value of spirit empowerment, the spirit-empowered life here at the Gospel Tab. The Holy Spirit is not a distinctive reserved for certain Christian movements. Any missionary movement is necessarily a spirit-filled one. He activates us in the love of the Father. His power is given for mission, and the mission is impossible without His power. Christ is exalted in the Spirit's fruits, gifts, manifestations, voice, and deep transformative work. We unapologetically seek His power and join Him in His work. Well, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. It'll be on the screen behind me, uh, or you can turn there on your device or in your Bible, and please stand in honor of God's Word. I think, too, uh, this will go, um, this will serve us well as we head into Vision Sunday, um, that we talk about the Spirit-empowered life, uh, and looking forward to Vision Sunday with you all, where we are going to be looking at Jesus. In the macro sense, he's our vision. And in the micro sense, what that means distinctively for our church in terms of multiplying healthy and equipped leaders and in terms of what God's saying in this season about building the teacher, pastor, and evangelist arm of our church this year. So let's read out loud together uh, this passage now. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You guys can join me. It's not up there? Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. It's back. Go back one. I don't know if they're all up there or not. If not, I'll read it and it'll be okay. That's the only... Okay. All right. I will read it. Please stay standing in honor of God's word. <laughs> Produce fruit in keeping with repentance and do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I just want to repeat that over us this morning. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You may be seated. People were coming from all over Judea. They were coming from all over the city of Jerusalem. They were coming from all over the whole region of the Jordan to hear John's message and be baptized in water. John was preaching a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people were believing about this man who he was preaching, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And others were coming too who did not believe so readily. Uh, these religious leaders, Sadducees and Pharisees, different groups um, of religious leaders from within Judaism were saying, were not believing in him. And he was saying, listen, your bloodline is not going to save you. Your good merits are not going to save you. There's only one way in which you can be saved, and that's in believing on the person of Jesus Christ, believing that he alone can take away your sins. And so as John preached this, there were many who came out and believed this message and were baptized in a water baptism. And here at the Gospel Tabernacle, we say often, and many of you could probably even quote this, that baptism in water is an outward expression of an inward heart change. It's an outward expression of an inward heart change that we are saying, here is a picture of what happened to me spiritually, right? I was buried with Christ and my sin was buried. And then I was raised to newness of life by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead I was raised to newness of life. Uh, old school is I was born again, right? <laughs> My spirit was made alive by the Holy Spirit who came to indwell me then fully. And so this is what happens, and it's an outward picture of that, right? And so when I was uh, 23, about 20 years ago, don't do the math, uh, here at the Gospel Tab, I was baptized in water. Mom, do you remember that? I was baptized in water. And this was an, I wanted to express my, my uh, gratitude to Jesus for his devotion to me in his death on the cross to save me from death and sin to abundant life. Many of you have been baptized in water as well for that same reason, right? You wanted to also have, give public testimony. This is what Jesus has done in my life and uh, hold me accountable in my discipleship. I've decided to follow Jesus. I need your support. I need your accountability. Um, as family. And so this is why we do this together often when we, when we get baptized this way. And it's not only an outward expression of an inward heart change, but it's also a prophetic picture of what's to come, I believe. It's a prophetic picture of what's to come. Or it should be what, uh, a picture of what comes later. And by that, I mean, you know, when I was 23, I was baptized in water. But when I was 33, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And many of you can say the same and point to a time or a season of your life when you said, yeah, I was baptized in water here. This was the day. But there was this time when for the first time, not the only time, but for the first time I was filled. I'm going to use the word baptized and filled. We often say filled here at the gospel tab. Um, inter I'm going to use those interchangeably. But I was filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. And if 
Baptism in water is an outward expression of an inward heart change. Then the Jesus baptism is the producing of an inward heart change that manifests an outward expression. I'm going to say that again. Jesus baptism produces inward heart change that manifests outward expression. In other words, there will be fruit. There will be fruit from Jesus' baptism. There will be fruit from being filled with the Holy Spirit in fire. There will be purification from the fire. Oh my gosh, this fell off my life. <laughs> this doesn't nag me anymore. Many of you can point to, I had this habit. I had this issue. It's gone. You know, it was a part of what happened when you were filled with fire. The purifying working of the Lord in your life. It's what John describes here. He says, hey, Pharisees, Sadducees, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You want to know how you produce fruit in keeping with repentance? You must be filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The only way to produce fruit in keeping with repentance, it's one thing to repent once, right, and come to Christ, but it's another thing to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. That is to live in step with the Spirit. That's to be filled with the Spirit, not just one time, but over and over and over again. I'm going to talk about what these fillings are. It's interesting that he said fillings, not feelings. It's interesting what he said, right? He said Holy Spirit and fire. So we're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about the filling with both. And, you know, in our discipleship, in our journey of following Jesus, we can... Uh, we can start to um, take for granted our salvation. You know, we can start to compromise relationship with Jesus, uh, drift from intimacy with him through for all kinds of reasons, right? If we're not on guard and we're, we're not alert. Um, and, you know, as that happens, um, you know, and this has happened, guys, I've been in the faith uh, for over 30 years now. And several times this has happened in my life. This subtle drift uh, starts to happen. And there are these little signs in my life where it's like, huh, that's, something's amiss here. That's not okay, right? And, you know, I, this has become more ritualistic than relational. I'm not hungry anymore. And Caroline prayed about hunger. Um, and so in those times, I begin to compartmentalize. This is one sign for me. I, sometimes I'll compartmentalize my life. It's like it was Jesus was first in all things, right? And I was hungry and I was filled with good things and I was, I was walking in step with the Spirit. And now, like, it's kind of like there's the Jesus part of my life and there's the family part of my life and there's the work part, the play part. And, and I'm kind of like Jesus is becoming, slowly becoming an addendum to my life that I want to bless my agenda. Do you see what's happening? <laughs> Instead of he's Lord of my life and I'm coming under his purposes. And what happens? We need a fresh baptism. <laughs> we need a fresh filling again. We need to pay attention. What is missing and why is this going? Why is this amiss in me? And pay attention. What does it look like to come under his lordship again? Sometimes it's hunger. Sometimes it's like, oh, I, this is a dysfunctional behavior or a pattern that I've fallen. And why is that? And to begin to reflect on that and come under his lordship again and ask him why. And ask him for fresh filling. Ask him for fresh fire. Because if we don't, we will be more susceptible, more vulnerable to the enemy's attacks 
And when he attacks, if we're not filled vessels, then we're not ready and he can gain access or influence over our life and turn a, a hurt that's legitimate into an influence of, hit, of him over our life that's illegitimate. Does that make sense? If you could put up the next slide, Tim, there are um, a couple verses that speak to the importance to being filled vessels. So Colossians 2, 6 says, As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And Galatians 5, 25 says, Since you live by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Okay. How did you receive Jesus as Lord? By grace through faith, right? Not by works, not by bloodline. <laughs> so just as you did, you should do so continuously, receiving grace through faith. That is believing and receiving his divine power and unmerited favor. Let me, I, let me define grace for you. Divine power and unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. He gives it anyway. And you can receive it, how? By faith, right? You can believe that he wants to give this to you and receive it. It's not a feeling. It's not a manifestation necessarily. It's by faith. I take him at his word. I believe what the word says. God wants me to walk in him just as I receive. So you can live practicing an awareness of his presence, receiving him by faith. Since you live by the spirit, walk by the spirit. Here, Paul is talking about since you live by the Spirit, since your position is in Christ, is that the Holy Spirit indwells you as a believer. How much does the Holy Spirit indwell you? Fully, right? How much should we then be filled with the Holy Spirit? Filled to overflowing. How often does the Holy Spirit indwell us? Always. How often should we be filled with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Always. You're like, easier said than done. But we can be. And we can learn practical tools to, by faith, keep in step with the Spirit in practicing His presence, in receiving the Holy Spirit on a continual basis. This is the command of the Scriptures, and this is our inheritance. We said earlier that I, what was coming to my mind as, we were talk, as Caroline was talking about hunger, I'm thinking... Come, you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why buy bread that does not satisfy? Why try to satisfy yourself in vain with these other pleasures? What you were made for, what you want and need anyway, is the Holy Spirit, is God, <laughs> right? And so this picture of, again, when you don't want, don't feel condemned or shamed by that. That's not from God. Just ask for hunger. Course correct. And gently turn to him and receive him again. What then does it look like for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire? Today I want to first unpack being filled with the fire of God. And um, if you look on your screen, if you can go to the next um, so A.B. Simpson, the founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance, of which we're a part, that's our denomination, he says that, um, that the filling with fire has to do with sanctification. Sanctification is a fancy theological term 
that he defines as this, the manifestation of the righteousness of God as found in the spotless, sinless life of Jesus Christ. In short, to be set apart from sin and set apart to God. All right. So sanctification, that last part I think is not supposed to be up there. It's probably my fault. But sanctification is to be set apart to God. And this has to do with uh, Jesus purifying us. He is our sanctifier. Like, well, okay, so the fire of God, how do I be sanctified? Jesus is our sanctifier, and he does it. And for us, it's a matter of what we... Do you know that I did not uh, ask them to do sing the song Refiner's Fire today? <laughs> so we just practiced this a lot, like 20 minutes ago. It was surrendering, yielding, receiving God's purifying fire. And the Bible says in Malachi 3.1 that Jesus is like a refiner's fire. Guys, I really feel God's presence in this, that he wants us to hear this. The fact that we didn't, we've had so many words about fire. I'm going to share some with you soon. But um, also the fact that they did this song and we didn't talk about it. But God is like a refiner's fire. How so? He wants to purify us, our hearts, from everything that is impure. That passage is about the purification of the heart. And like a silversmith for silver, right? He refines us in, with fire, the fire of God, to remove everything that's impure and refine us. Why? Making us more like Jesus. This is pretty important to God. And we know this because of the cross, right? He paid his life for us to have this. But also, the scriptures say it. Do you know the Bible says that this is the whole will of God, your sanctification. This is the whole will of God, your sanctification. Jesus is pretty committed to your sanctification. He's pretty set and serious about your sanctification. And Christine prayed about it last week when she, when she closed the service, prayed from uh, this passage in scripture where Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus sanctifies us with what? He sanctifies us with his word. And so I want to share a story of that in my life. I, um, I was hurt by someone very close to me. And when I, were hurt, when I was hurt by them, um, you know, I was in prayer and it was, it was sometime later and it was kind of a gradual thing through relationship that this happened, but I became aware of this. I'm like, man, like I've been hurt here. And the Lord started to, I, I started, I don't know if this ever happened for you, but I got this like permission from, I came into awareness and I got this like permission from the Lord to feel this pain, right? Like I had suppressed it and, and you know, I'm okay or whatever, like subconsciously, <laughs> And, um, and I felt this pain and uh, just acknowledged it out loud to the Lord. <laughs> and I just began to weep as the Lord uh, brought me this gift of grief over this pain and this legitimate hurt, right? 
And so that happened, and I experienced for sure a measure of emotional healing in that moment. And a couple weeks later, the Lord came back to me, son, you know, um, you're right. You were, you were hurting that, and I was showing you that. And, you know, the Lord, the Lord had revealed to me, he had revealed himself to me as healer in that moment um, when that happened. And he, but, but he came to me as sanctifier two weeks later or so. And he said, son, you know, I, yeah, I healed you at that time from that. And that pain was legitimate. And what they did to you is not okay. And, but there was something that happened before that. And it was that you drifted in intimacy with me. And I, I referred to that uh, generically earlier, but he said, you drifted in intimacy with me. And so you fell out of faith that love always protects. And when the hurt came, you weren't on guard. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't, he wasn't saying you shouldn't have been hurt. <laughs> he was just now correcting and rebuking me gently to say, you weren't ready and you misinterpreted your pain because you drifted from intimacy with me. You believed a lie about the pain because you fell out of intimacy with me and weren't on guard. And so the word that, the word that purified me, you understand, now we're, we're talking about fire right now. The story started with him as healer. Well, now it's sanctifier. The word that came with fire and purified me was this word that love always protects and that he would be my protector and I didn't need to vindicate myself. Jesus is my vindicator and that I could, he's like, you forgave and you blessed and you were healed. Now I want to sanctify you. And it doesn't always happen in that order, but this was, this is the story. And, and so he purified me with the fire of his word, his corrective word to say, love always protects. And I came back into alignment with a truth that set me free. Right? Remember, he said, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. He said, abide in my word. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is that which sanctifies us. And the word of God is that which cuts between soul and spirit. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit. Why? Because he wants to make us more like Jesus. He wanted to give me a revelation of, yeah, this, but also this. <laughs> happen and I want you to come into alignment with my spirit and come out of living from your soul and into alignment with me and living by the spirit again. Does this make sense? This word brought a cutting unto healing, unto purifying, unto sanctification. And so I hope that that bringing it down with a story helps you to understand how this fire, the fire of his word works in our lives as he fills us with his fire. What are you facing right now? Rhetorical question. This is a monologue. It's a sermon. Uh, it's almost, no, no one raised their hand. I'm just, <laughs> what are you facing right now? Are you facing hardships, wounds, lies, both? Don't you know yet? <laughs> but something's amiss. I encourage you to bring that before the Lord, to bring that before trusted brothers and sisters. And I just want to say this. 
We can trust him to be good. And you might say, I've not experienced him so much that way yet. I've heard you guys talk about that. I want to encourage you. This is kind of spontaneous. Borrow someone else's faith. If you're a believer in Jesus, can you borrow someone else's faith and trust what the Bible says and what your brother and sister who you trust for good reason says that he is good and trustworthy to bring this to, that he wants to be for you what you need him to be in this season more than you want or are aware that you need or want him, if that makes sense. That he wants to be for you what you need in this season. He's so good. He's so beautiful. He's so kind. And it's okay if you haven't experienced him yet, but I exhort you to trust. If you're a believer in Jesus, if that much is true of you, to trust that he wants to be for you what you want, what you need. And that's true for unbelievers too. I'm just saying, if you, if he's your Lord, <laughs> um, then trust your friends around you with that and, and, and give him to you these things. He, he may be removing sin from some of you. And even right now, he may be revealing, uh, remember when, and the spirit's in the room, right? Moving. And he may be, his voice is like many waters, Jesus' voice. So, you know, he may by his spirit be, for some of you, removing sin. What is sin? But the wickedness of unbelief, right? Sin is unbelief. And so he's removing that and aligning you with truth. He's moving you away from living from your soul and into living from your spirit. And I got to move on. Okay, so, <laughs> and so some of you, he is removing the block to love. He's removing that block to love. I've mentioned my story. That's what my story was. Others of you, he's restoring you right now. He's healing you. He's healing your heart. Hey, what happened to you is not okay. And he's given you the gift of grief toward healing. And I believe that Jesus is saying right now that he's overcoming the enemy completely in the lives of many in this room, in this season, right now. That he's, as he brings you into alignment, do you know that his word says, um, I got into the sanctuary place and I discerned my enemy's end. See, what happens, it's not so much that you get a victory um, in your life. It's that victory that was won for you 2,000 years ago is made manifest when you come into alignment with this revelation that his victory is already true for your life. Does this make sense? Okay, and so it's getting into the place of his presence and letting him purify you and filling you with his fire. Here's a picture, if you can go to the next slide, Tim, a picture of, of what that can look like. Lord, put me like a seal on your heart. This is coming to Jesus in earnest. This is coming to him and saying, put me like a seal on your heart. Put me like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. The very flame of the, of the Lord, that his love, he describes his love as fire. That what is the motivation of his, of his fire but love, right? And he wants to touch you with the fire of his love. And what it looks like for us is to just, is to, like, the, like Solomon here, to put me like a seal on your heart. 
brand me. I come to you and I throw myself on you in trust. Amen. And his holy fire also, so I, I was just talking about our sanctification, right? Him purifying our hearts. It also is empowerment for ministry. That word of God. So we're going to talk about the filling of the spirit in a minute, but the filling of his fire for ministry is the filling of his word. Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet said, your word is like a fire stored up in my bones and I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. <laughs> and we've received several fire words. I'm going to share three of them with you. This just this month for our church family. And it's much of why I'm preaching spirit empowered today. But the first was that um, in our worship environment here, that the Lord's fire met us in worship and was ministering to us heavily. And that the fire, unlike in the Old Testament temple where the fire came into the temple and that's where it stayed, that it, the fire was shooting out from here. Okay. And so we've talked about uh, this, a vision like this before. Um, but this is from a friend of our house, but who's, who said like the vision is a recurring, reoccurring vision now. And he said in the vision, he said, I saw a fire in your belly and it was like an ember that set the church on fire. And then a woman came up to me 10 days later after the service. And she said, Hey, I had a vision of a fire in your belly. And it was like an ember that set the church on fire. <laughs> and so what is that vision about? That vi I just represent leadership in that vision. That vision is not about me. <laughs> that vision is about God wanting to meet us corporately with his fire. And I just believe that that's what he's doing. You know, that's what he's doing. I think last week was a sign of it, of him just saying, you are a spirit filled church. And I want to go deeper and deeper with you in the things of the spirit. I want to go deeper and deeper to you in the heart of the Father's love. I want to go deeper and deeper to you with you in your sanctification. After all, it's my whole will. <laughs> it's the thing that I want is your sanctification. And so this fire shooting out, the third vision was I see a fire in the church. The church is on fire and the flags are catching on fire. And just again, this sense of God saying this fire is for your wholeness and freedom, but it's also for the neighborhoods and the nation's wholeness and freedom. It only happens through the transformative power of God, that same power that saved us from death to life, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news for our bad news. Amen. And so he continues to meet us in character formation and in gift cultivation. Well, Jesus not only fills us with the fire of God, but also with the Holy Spirit. We've talked more about that um, at different points in time. And um, Jake, if you can come and play. Um, but the filling of the Holy Spirit, in short, is to be filled with the love of the Father. We talked about in that, in our uh, description of the Spirit-empowered value, we said that um, to be activated in the Father's love, right? It's interesting, and if you can put on the screen, Tim, the next slide, um, that a few verses after, you know, Jesus really valued water baptism. 
You know, his disciples baptize people in water. He commands us to baptize and be baptized in water. Jesus himself was baptized in water, not because he needed it, right? He didn't need, he was without sin. He didn't need to repent for the forgiveness of sins, but he did it in identification with us as his people to fulfill all righteousness. Well, this is a picture. Jesus, after being baptized a few verses later from our passage, immediately came up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him and behold, a voice of the heavens said, and I want you to receive this for yourself this morning. This is my beloved son in who I am well pleased This is the heart of the Holy Spirit baptism. This is the heart of the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's that you are a son, you are a daughter with whom he's well pleased. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. He loves you as he loves Jesus. Let that settle in on your heart this morning. Let that move from your head to your heart this morning. Jesus loves you as the Father loves Him. Father, God loves you as He loves Jesus. Let that settle in on you this morning. That we are in Christ, on whom the Spirit, like a dove lighting upon Him, Rested. The Bible says he was upon him and remained. This is the word that remains on you, that is branded on you forever in Christ. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit, I, I talked about it earlier. We can drift and we need to be filled again. Well, look, really the filling of the Spirit according to Jesus' design and his faith is not we get filled because we leak. It's actually be being filled that you overflow. That's his design. That's our inheritance. He has more for us that he's giving us. And he wants to grow to expand our capacity to receive more. And that's what this is all about, this journey to expand our capacity to receive more love. That happens through the purification, the fire. That happens through the filling of the Spirit, the Father's love, right? God is love. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the gift. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit. These are manifestations of who He is. These are manifestations of the Father's love. (laughs) They are for the Father's love. If they're not for that, then they're for nothing. If we start to worship manifestations, if we start to worship uh, the gifts, if we start to find our identity in false things like ministry, then then Jesus is like, you're missing that. The gifts are for love, (laughs) right? But we, if we steward the gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit and all his manifestations in love, then that is the design of Christ for maturing as a group, a body of believers in Him and becoming more like Him in our sanctification. Amen? And so, 
Recently, a number of folks have been speaking to me about the gifts, too. Someone came up to me and said, hey, I'm seeing nines everywhere, and I just feel like, you know, that might have to do with the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. You know, in the, in the Bible, there's, they're each listed in nines in different places. The fruit of the Spirit, there's nine listed. The gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians, there's nine listed. And, um, and so I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting, you know. And then I started seeing nines in a lot of places. But then, thirdly, uh, someone came up to me and she said, hey, I'm seeing nines, like 999 everywhere. And she said, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. And she said, but when I prayed, I heard in my spirit tongues and healing. <laughs> and so the Lord, just like he's speaking to us about fire, for the purpose of his love. He's also speaking to us about the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit that looks like words of knowledge. And by the way, also things like service and things like leadership and mercy and giving and radical generosity, the generous, supernatural generosity of God. God is releasing new gifts to us in this season. That's what, that's what this is about. He's releasing to us fire, and he's releasing to us new gifts. God is really into this. It's his design for us as believers to become more like him and to operate by the power of God's supernatural grace in love that the world would know Jesus. Amen. And so if you guys can stand today in honor of God's word again, because I just spoke to you like six stories of God speaking a fresh word, right? A fresh word of what he's doing among us. And I simply just want to cooperate and come under the word with you and receive it by faith. And so let's just posture our hearts. If you want, if, if it helps you to open your hands um, in a, in a uh, posture of receiving, um, do as you feel led, but just posture your hearts in faith. Posture your hearts to receive from the Lord. You know, Paul said, um, Paul said to the church in Rome, I long to see you that I can impart a, some spiritual gift to you that you would be strengthened. There was something about getting in the room together. You know, Paul probably prayed that they would get gifts too, but he said, yeah, but I long to see you. I long to see you that I can impart some spiritual gift to you, that you would be strengthened. And so the gifts will go forth according to the will of the Holy Spirit who distributes them. This isn't me distributing gifts. This is the, me cooperating with the Holy Spirit who's distributing his gifts according to his will for the common good. But I believe the Lord is giving new gifts. And so I simply, just in agreement with the Lord, I loose to you the gifts of God in the name of Jesus. I loose to you the gift of giving, the gift of serving. I loose to you the gift of leadership and mercy. I loose to you the gifts of exhortation and prophecy. I loose to you the gifts of teaching. I loose to you the gift of tongues. I loose to you the gift of the interpretation of tongues. I loose to you the gift of the working of miracles. I loose to you the gift of healing. 
I loose to you words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, and the discernment of spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just got off a series of the gifts, the five gifts of Christ. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of Christ are you and me, us one to another. These are the gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the love of God. Manifestations of the love of God, not just for our own blessing, but to bless neighborhoods and nations. This is, you are blessed to be a blessing. And so, Lord God, we thank you that you are loosing new gifts even as I preach, even as I declare it in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, I pray that you would loose your fire as you did earlier. But I just say, fire of God, come in the name of Jesus. I thank you, oh God. Thank you for your fire that looks like a gentle word of correction. That's so gentle and humble and yet redirects our course. Lord, thank you for the fire of God that causes one to tremble and be purified on the ground like the word that purifies, like the silver that's purified on the ground seven times. Lord, you said that your word is like silver purified on the ground seven times. And so, Lord, I lose your word. For each person, it might be a different word. But if it's the word of the Lord, we want it. I loose the word of God that is the fire of God unto your sanctification. And I receive by faith this for me. I say, Jesus, start with me. Sanctifier, come. I receive by faith the fire of God. Lord God, I thank you for your fire. I thank you for your sanctification. Thank you, Father, for this is your good will because you're for us and you love us. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we say we trust your fire because we trust you. So, Lord, more, 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 more of your fire. stations, your fire. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.